Enduring genres in the history of literature. For a long time, enduring was about as nice as critics wanted to be to the mystery genre. Penzler's life goal has been to change that. Otto Penzler was born in Germany to a German-American mother and a German father. When his father passed away, when Otto was only five years old, he and his mother moved to the Bronx. His first mystery, as was the case for many mystery fans, was a Sherlock Holmes story. His was The Red-Headed League. A man with flaming red hair comes to see Holmes. He says that he was employed for a week or so by something called the Red-Headed League, in which he was paid suspiciously well to sit in an office and copy the encyclopedia. One day he goes to work and finds that the office is closed and nobody has any idea what the Red-Headed League is, was, or does. But Penzler set mysteries aside, went to the University of Michigan, and studied English literature. I was reading what you read when you were an English major. Russian novelists and James Joyce and poetry of all sorts, including difficult people like Ezra Pound and T.S. Eliot, he says. Having played baseball and handball through high school and college, when Penzler came back to New York, he started writing for local newspapers about sports, especially boxing. I wanted to keep reading, but I didn't want to hurt my head anymore, he says. So I thought, mysteries. I'll read some mysteries. Penzler started working his way through the genre from essentially its modern start. Agatha Christie, Dorothy Sayers, mannered British writers like that. And then I discovered Raymond Chandler and Dashiell Hammett, he says. And I suddenly realized, this is literature. It's not just puzzles. It's not just telling a nice story. This is every bit as serious as Fitzgerald and Hemingway and the other great 20th century writers. By the 1960s, when Penzler started getting heavily into mysteries, the genre was in a funk. Starting in the 1910s and 1920s, pulp magazines exploded in popularity. The pulps, so named because their paper was made of cheap, low-quality wood pulp, pumped out with little regard for quality, thousands of issues. Many, like Dime Detective, True Detective, Complete Detective, and dozens more, focused on private eye and crime fiction. And look, 90% of it was crap. There's no getting around it, says Penzler. They were writing as fast as they could for a penny a word and it gave a bad name to Pulp Fiction. The stories were lurid, sensational, often poorly written. To be sure, those magazines sometimes published great authors, but it seems as if that was by accident. Mystery writers at that time wrote hundreds, sometimes thousands of stories, basically anything they could do to make a dollar. Some of my own favorite writers, Donald E. Westlake and Lawrence Block, have each written several hundred books under several different names, ranging from their best-known mysteries to weird sci-fi one-offs and a pretty substantial catalog of softcore porn. Partly because mystery work was seen for so long as bottom-of-the-barrel entertainment, there's been a tendency for writers to be less precious about their work. You rarely see a mystery author slave for a decade on a single novel. One of the things I really like about mystery writers is they don't mind talking about money, says Thomas H. Cook, one of Penzler's favorite authors, and also the best man at Penzler's wedding. It's okay to make a good living. It's not a sign that you've betrayed all of God's many gifts if you try to actually make a dollar doing this. And then 1922 came around. Stephen King's theory, which Penzler quite likes, is that the publication of Joyce's Ulysses and Eliot's The Wasteland sparked a whole new separation of highbrow and lowbrow fiction. Both are unreadable and incomprehensible, says Penzler. So now critics had a role to play. They could tell you what this book was all about. They could explain it. Chandler, Hammett, and Kane all published their best novels in the 1930s, but critics ignored them. They were beach novels, unserious novels, guilty pleasures. They weren't taught in literature classes. 
That had serious effects on the marketing of books that would come in the following decades. Mystery books from as late as the 1970s are complete garbage as physical objects. Printed on the cheapest, lousiest paper, bound with the worst glue, cover art commissioned by someone's nephew at best, they were seen as disposable. In the 1970s, Penzler was sort of a mystery groupie. He hung out at the giant clump of bookstores that made up New York's 4th Avenue Book Row. Those bookstores, apart from The Strand, are all gone now. He became known in the community as someone with a real passion for the stuff, and eventually was asked to help write The Encyclopedia of Mystery and Detection, a huge reference book for the history of crime fiction up to that point. The book did well, and got Penzler even further into the publishing world, and in 1975 founded The Mysterious Press, a publishing house dedicated to proving that mysteries can be and should be considered as important as any literary fiction. The Mysterious Press published mysteries in higher quality packaging than they'd ever seen before. Penzler used expensive acid.